Hello and welcome to this episode of Not Just Ghost Stories. I'm your host, Josh, joined by Jackie and Laura. We are a small team of experienced paranormal investigators, and here we discuss different locations that we've investigated, along with a little history and the paranormal evidence that we found. Today we'll be discussing and exploring Octagon Hall in Franklin, Kentucky. Jackie, can you give us some history on Octagon Hall? Andrew Jackson Caldwell laid out the plans for Octagon Hall. In 1859, he and his wife Harriet, with their children Edith, Henry, Martha, Andrew, twins Joseph and John, Virginia, Ernest, and Mary Elizabeth, Andrew's daughter with his first wife, moved into their eight-sided home. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, age 11, in 1860, was severely burned when a dress caught fire. She died several days later. Caldwell, whose brother was a colonel in the Confederate Army, was a southern sympathizer. 12,000 rebels camped upon his property one night in February, fleeing south after the invasion of Bowling Green by the Union Army. A day later, 18,000 Union soldiers camped out on his property for several days. During the Civil War, Octagon Hall was used as a hospital by both armies, which is important. It, it adds to the... Uh, paranormal activity that uh, occurs in, around the hall. 1866, Andrew died at the hall. Harriet, his wife, stays on until 1918. 1918, Harry, Harriet sold the property to Dr. Miles Williams. He lived there until his death in 1954, and his wife then resided at the hall until she died in 1981. From 1981 to the year 2001, Octagon Hall was used as rental property. In 2001, Billy Bird bought the hall and founded the Octagon Hall Foundation for Preservation of the Only Eight-Sided House in Kentucky. There are two cemeteries on the property. One is where Elizabeth Caldwell, Andrew's first wife, is buried, along with A.J., Andrew, and Elizabeth's son. The other cemetery is a slave cemetery with unknown number of graves. There's also two unknown soldiers' graves on the property. Paranormal activity has involved sightings of a young girl, possibly Mary Elizabeth. On the anniversary of Andrew Jackson Caldwell's death, the house is supposed to smell of flowers and rotted meat. What a combination. <laughs> Jerome Clack, a Confederate spy, sometimes shows up, and a shuffling can be heard up in the attic from a spirit simply known as Eddie. All right. Thank you for the uh, history of Octagon, Jackie. Um, the first thing I'm going to say about this place is is driving up to it. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It kind of sets off to the side of the road just a little bit, but it's still close enough to the road you can see it. But uh, I can remember there's a field on one side of the road, and then you have Octagon and a field behind it. <laughs> and that, that's about it. Yeah, it sits on a lot of open land there, but it it's pretty. They, they've done some work to upkeep it. Um, but the building is just fascinating, you know. Obviously, I've never seen an eight-sided house before. Yeah. What was your first impressions driving up, Jackie? Well, it sits out, don't forget, back in the uh, 1800s, it would have been a farm. So, of course, it kind of still sits out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by uh, farmland and things. Uh, this wasn't my first time driving up to the house. I had been on a ghost hunt in Scottsville. Uh, I believe it was a Scottsville hospital. And just had me driving around and passed it. And, and it literally made you stop, turn the car around and go back and go, 
wow, we got a ghost hunt there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is one of those places you, once you just see it, you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be a awesome place to be. Um, so as we, you know, do get there, we kind of just walk around the property. The uh, It's actually a museum now um, that they have open certain days of the week. Um, the museum was still open, so we got there early, of course, because we always do. Um, <laughs> but uh, we started walking around the outside of the property. Um, well, do you, I remember you guys went off toward the uh, cemetery, am I right? Yeah. Okay. And what did you all find there? Just uh, Just first observations. Uh, first observations, it's overgrown, so you you kind of feel like you should clean it up a little bit. But I thought it was strange that it's a uh, there's so many trees. I don't see how there could be too many graves back there. Okay. Well, that was the uh, slave cemetery, and the trees could have possibly grown up after. True, yeah, the, they could be unmarked. And... Yeah. And then also, um, the first cemetery had a fence around it, and that's where his first wife was buried. And I thought it odd that it was, he wasn't buried there. Uh, him and his second wife, I believe, were buried off the property. Yeah, I think they were kind of closer to the actual town of, of Franklin, down in that way, isn't it? Somewhere in there is what I remember. I think so, yeah. So... She was fairly buried fairly close to the house, though. Yeah, the first wife was. That was well kind of stuck out to me. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be the second wife and look out the window and well, because that's think, how close it is. You could look out your window. I think Elizabeth died pretty much as soon as the house was almost fully built. Yeah, I don't think she ever got to live in it. Yeah, so he was probably you know at that point you know in grieving and everything else, wanted to keep her close, and then. Ended up, you know, finding Harriet, his second wife, and she, he probably did, if it was me, I'd be like, I don't you're going to have to deal with it, <laughs> type well, of thing. Well, and also, we don't know when she died, but if it was during the summer, you didn't want bodies hanging around, and they were out in the middle of nowhere and things, so it's not like you just uh, put her in the ambulance and took her to the local mortuary, so it could have been that. That's how close she had to be. And if you go out any further, then you're burying her in the cornfield. And at some point, I don't know, it might be weird to eat corn true. that's, you know, mom's grown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. It might be a very fertile ground. Who knows? Yeah. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. I guess I'd be okay with looking at her <laughs> as opposed to eating her. And really, if you think about it, the slave grave uh, yard was pretty close too. It, it was. was. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just to, you know, from initial reactions, we ended up going inside meeting um, one of the ladies who is a caretaker and kind of helps people around telling them about history of the place and everything. Um, that was interesting all in itself. She had a lot of information about the property in order to, you know, she didn't want to show us around. She kind of gave us that I, you know, she's like, you, I can show you everything or you guys can figure it out for yourself. So that was, you know, she's like, I will tell you this. Um, out there, she asked if we had a gun. <laughs> so, because there are mountain lions, that, that tells you how secluded this place is. She said there's mountain lions and other things. If we're going to go out on the actual property itself, just be careful is what she told us. Um, but that was the point where we actually got to go inside the house and kind of really see how things were made up on that. 
Uh, what do you guys remember about the inside? Well, wait, to be fair, she did not say mountain lion. She said, there's cougars out there because your eyes got really big. Yeah. And yeah, I said, true. wrong cougars, Josh. I know. I was thinking, I thought she said cougars. Yeah, cougars. I, I was trying to go, you know, the high road, but yeah, I was looking for cougars. And that is the <laughs> first time I've ever got that question. And it's kind of a loaded question. I, I remember when she said, do you, do you all have a gun? I'm thinking... What is the correct answer? Should I say, hell yeah, and she's going to go, well, you can't have it on property? Or am I supposed to say, no, ma'am, we don't know oh, that be... And then say, yeah. well, you're supposed to have one here. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's definitely caught us all off guard. But I will say even just the amount of stories that she had, you know, just being in the building was pretty fascinating. So it's very active there. You can tell that as soon as you walk in that, that main room, kind of where you set up everything. There's a really long table. The amount of stuff they have is yeah, crazy. That, yeah. That's from multiple places. So we got to assume that brings things in. So it's to just through the walkthrough. If you did it thoroughly, it would probably take you two hours. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, on this, there is an upstairs. There is a downstairs, um, like basement area. So you're upstairs, you have your bedrooms where the bedrooms and everything would have been down. You have your main floor. That's where, you know, you had the dining room, which is where we kind of set up our base camp uh, and a few other rooms, sitting room and things like that. And then downstairs in the basement um, that you can tell there was a kitchen at one point down there, uh, which would have been stove, like not a real stove kitchen, but a fireplace style kitchen. Um, and a couple other rooms off to the side for maybe food storage or anything else in there. So, it, you know, as far as the layout of the house, it's pretty normal for that uh, that time, but it's eight sides. So when you're walking around, you can feel like you're in an octagon as you're going through things. So everything's a little weird um, as far as walking through the house itself. Well, that was, little did we know, that was the entire theme of the evening. Everything's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> a lot weird. A and lot that, weird. And that's what we're going to get into here, because um, now it's time to start kind of going into evidence. Um, as far as for us, uh, once we actually got started on the property itself, once we even really kind of drove up and you guys started walking around, I started walking around, we started getting weird feelings on just the property alone. Uh, do you guys want to try to explain some of that? Sure. It didn't matter what direction you looked in, there was something going on. <laughs> well, I start right off, um, as you said, Laura and I gyrated towards the cemetery, but I stopped at the slave cemetery and Laura kept on going. And when I finally went out to see where the heck she was, meeting back, she's like, you got to see these things in the trees. And that's when the weirdness started <laughs> and, and didn't stop. Um, there was a grove of trees there. And we were standing in like a field and I stopped because the trees were full of, I call them uh, wood nymphs, tree sprites. I don't know, but they're hanging all over these trees and there's several families of them. And I remember turning to Laura going, people have gone in that grove and they don't find their way out. So of course, we go in. 
we went in. <laughs> we made our way out. Well, and I mean, on my side of it, because you two, I can remember you guys leaving the car. You guys were, you had your cameras and, you, you know, you take a lot of pictures. And for me, it's kind of judging. I couldn't take my eyes off. There's a barn on the other side of the property. That's where my eyes just kept going. That's where my body wanted to go. But at the same time, I knew we had to get inside the house and say, hey, we're here. So, you know, I kind of had to wait when we get to that point. Um, but I just look back. I remember going, where'd they go? They were, you guys yeah. kind of disappeared on me. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's full throttle. You want to start everywhere. <laughs> One thing leads to another. It you, does. you never get to the end of it. Yeah. Um, so once we actually start to get into investigation, you know, we set up, we, uh, one of the very first things, Jackie, I remember you saying to me is we have to set up a camera outside. We have to, that was like number one, you had to have a camera outside. We had walked through the house and you're like, okay, yeah, there's energy here and there's stuff happening here. Like you kind of normally feel, but outside of this property was just, uh, I don't, I don't even know the exact term. To put it other than crazy, because um, the energy all over the place was was different. Um, so how about we get to the barn? Uh, you guys feel like going in there real quick? I don't know. Do you want to start off real nice and easy with what we thought was going to be there? The boy and the battle, or will you just want to dive right in? Uh, let's go Let's go, boy and battle. Let's go on and yeah, get because, that one out of the way. Because I feel like once we get through the barn, we're just going to be exhausted. And, and yeah. we'll probably have everybody confused. Um, so uh, inside the house, downstairs in the basement, um, we started talking to a boy. Um he was talking to us on many different uh, pieces of equipment that we were using. He he's very strong, uh, energy wise. It's like he's been doing it for a while. I think he was kind of he knows what to do at this point. Um, but the one thing he kept telling us is get down, duck. You know, uh, we really think a battle was happening outside while we were inside in the basement talking to him. What else do you have about that one? There's also the tunnels. In the basement, they don't, I, I think they're blocked. You can't get into them, but you can look into them and stuff. And I remember looking in there going, oh, yeah, there's movement in there. And so you could see movement in there and just feel that there was people in the tunnels or a person in the tunnel. Well, they said they had like he, hiding spots for, you know, soldiers and things, even up underneath the steps, I believe, that are in the front. So... So there's a lot going on down there because you have to think if you're to the point of of hiding in the walls or the ground, I don't know how you would describe that part. That's got to get trapped there. I mean, you have to be under extreme distress, I think, to get to that point. Yeah. So you and can feel all that down there. Um, I don't know that everything that we could feel down there interacted with us, but there's at least a lot of energy trapped down there. And all through this, a little boy going, duck, get down. Yeah. Which <laughs> and, is, you know, horrifying that, it, you know, it's a kid. Yeah. And well, and it almost, I mean, some of the energy that was coming off of him, you really wanted to hit the deck because you're like, oh, something, something's going on, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's the way the energy for me was throughout the whole entire house. It was, it was strong. It was going through. Um, I can remember being upstairs in, in the bedrooms. Or walking around, but, you know, at this point, we had already been outside for so long. I think we were pretty tired. We were like, oh, we have to still do the house. 
Um, but, you know, there's a lot of energy happening throughout the whole entire house. There was things going on. Um, you can always go to Octagon Hall's website and see pictures that they've gotten, you know, of Confederate soldiers um, or even unionized soldiers that that are inside there. And they're, they're clear. You just can't tell exactly what they are. Um, so there is a lot of energy to be investigated inside this house. And little did we know that was the nice energy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so mundane. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as we've alluded to, um, a lot of our investigation was outside. Um, now, I don't know, had, have you guys looked up anything about Franklin, Kentucky? Because no. a lot of stuff has happened in Franklin, Kentucky. There there was a plane crash. There's actually been two different plane crashes that have happened in Franklin, Kentucky. Um, close or, you know, near the property itself. But both of those, you know, like at least one pilot or somebody has survived saying that they were. it was because of UFOs that happened over top of Franklin, Kentucky. And that's why they crashed there. Um, that's, you know, you can find all of that in, on just the Internet. They happened back in, you know, uh, 1980s, 1990s is when all of this happened. Um, so with that being said, a lot of stuff in Franklin, Kentucky is is different. Um, when we were doing things, we were using a spirit box outside in a gazebo. Uh, we were getting some really weird stuff off of it. Being meaning some of it sounded like it was almost in Morse code. It, it wasn't words. It was just like, and it was almost robotic, like in nature, um, especially, you know, and we can, we can post the, uh, EVPs of when you can hear it. It was, it was like it was patterns. Really crazy. It sounded yeah. like it had patterns in it though. Yeah. Um, what else about the property? Like you say, there's a lot going on. Um, I'm not going to say it's a UFO, but I was watching three, three to five red lights hanging off in the it wasn't over octagon halls a little ways off just hanging in the sky and then they disappeared and every other time i go there i could never see those red lights and stuff and it didn't it it wasn't like oh it's like a blinking light on a tower because there was no pattern to it and stuff it was just there it shouldn't have been there and then it was gone and then i never saw it again yeah and not to mention where the ruins of that one chimney is, you know that building. It was like I believe the yeah. slave building where they where they were housed. There was a lot of like little lights. Um, they were not fireflies because we went over there thinking that they would be fireflies. That is not what they were. It was like a light show, though. I have no idea still to this day where all those lights came from, but they were doing something. Yeah. Oh yeah, we uh when we first went outside, um, Josh had seen some light anomalies in the basement, and Laura and I went outside to see if it could possibly be car lights. We are standing. I, I remember this. We're standing there at the stairs, and Laura's talking to Josh on the phone, and Josh is saying something pushed him, and and we're saying that you know it can't be the car lights because we would tell you when a car was going by and, and you were fine. And I forgot what you guys were talking about, but I'm watching something coming, and it is coming at us hard. And I just kept thinking, we should not be here. We should not be here because when it gets here, it's not going to be nice. And I grabbed the phone from Laura. I don't 
forgot what you, because Josh is saying something's pushing me. And, and I grabbed the phone and I said, Josh, get out here. There's something coming for us. Yeah. And hung well, up on him. And I can remember that because I was down in the basement by myself. You know, the the, the front stairs of the the main front door were there. There was a crack in those stairs. And that's what we were kind of investigating. Could it be a car coming Yeah, by? I was trying to shine like a... A flashlight directly and, into that crack and to it, see if, and honestly, there wasn't any light coming through it, and you know, because this was a different type of light, it wasn't headlights, it was different. Um, now I've got something pushing on me, something's running at you guys. I could hear Jackie in the background while Laura was on the phone going, We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta get out of here, we gotta go. <laughs> um, I know, I didn't know what to do, I didn't I'm, know to help Josh or help Jackie. I, I wasn't I'm for sure. The, I'm on the phone going, What's going on? What's what? Did, so, and then she just, I, Jackie said, You need to get out of here now, and I went running. That's all I can remember is i just went running i went running outside you guys were coming around the building i'm running at you and you're like it's coming it's coming now and where we took um some kind of where we're finally stopped chasing was in the gazebo uh there's a little gazebo out back we we actually ran into that gazebo and for some reason it just it stopped running at us it stopped coming at us it did and it didn't because i remember i said Get to the gazebo, we'll be safe. And we were in that gazebo for 10 minutes. And I think Laura pointed out first, and I said, we're not safe here. We have to get to the house. And I swear to God, there was 18 miles between us and the house at that point. It was like the gazebo was, when you said get to it, I believe the three of us thinking that we were going to be safe there gave us a moment of reprieve once we entered it, our own energy fields, you know, almost like a, a trick of the mind. Like, oh, it's safe, so... We well, kind of, I think it gave us a second to kind of maybe regroup and think things through. And then we were just like, no, hold on. This still isn't right. Something's not right. It yeah, was, we had a full conversation of who's going to go first, who's going to be in the middle, and who's going to come last. Yeah, That's how serious it was. <laughs> we were out there, and at one point, I remember grabbing Laura, stopping her, and I'm back to back with her. I said, we're surrounded. And we were literally, it was like we were out in the yard but we couldn't move. We were surrounded. And you people would like to know what we're surrounded by. I cannot tell you, but I do know it will scare the pants right off you. And they backed off a little bit once we stopped because we were like looking at them like we were going to do anything. I was scared. (laughs) I just want to know what it was. I I can tell you it was not the wood nymphs. It was not the, the lights that we saw. Over the slave area. It was not Confederate soldiers it or was Union not, soldiers. No. I I don't know what it was, but it was not any of the things that we've already described. So so we now have a whole nother set of entities yeah. <laughs> that we've included. Well, and then at this point we did we we made it back to the house and it seemed like uh one of the longest walks that we've made from, and it wasn't even a hundred, it wasn't 50 yards. It no. was 18 miles. <laughs> but it, it felt like 18 miles and we finally made it into the house and we stopped and we just sat down at the dining room table. I can remember this one clearly sat down at the dining room table going, what do we do now? Um, we, and, and Jackie being the, the more experienced out of all of us said, we need to figure this out. Yeah, we actually even took a moment to just that was just so much activity that we, you know, ate a snack, tried to reground ourselves from that experience because there's no way to separate if something else happens. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of got to clear out 
start yeah. anew. And with us on break, we're going to take a break on this episode on Octagon Hall. Join us next episode when we develop a plan and go back out to figure out what we're dealing with. Till then, this has been Not Just Ghost Stories, and we've been your hosts, Josh, Lara, and Jackie. Until next time, you can find information and contact us on our website at notjustghoststories.com and see evidence that we've discussed on this episode at Facebook at Not Just Ghost Stories. Thanks. Thanks.